Welcome to the Celtics Rewind. I'm JP. And I am Matthew GM. What's up, y'all? Howdy, howdy, Celtic fans. This is episode 14 of the Celtics Rewind. Talking all things Boston Celtics. We are back from our break and all that. So hopefully everybody had a wonderful uh, week so far and a wonderful Super Bowl weekend. Uh, JP, the franchise here. Got Nat, the GM. What's up, Nat? How you doing? Uh, what's going on? I'm feeling good. How you going? Uh, I'm still recovering from the Super Bowl. All them commercials and mm-hmm. Usher, Usher dancing and then just the game down the wire too as well. So I'm still kind of recovering. But, um, you know, Boston Celtics had their game yesterday. We'll talk about that later on. And uh, mm-hmm. we're still the best team in the NBA at 41. I mean, yeah, obviously, we're just the best team in the NBA at 41 and 12. So, but um, but before we get into the games and everything, um, let's go ahead and talk about the pickups the Celtics got. Um, they have they got Xavier Tillman from the Memphis Grizzlies for uh, two second round picks, sending mm-hmm. Lamar Stevens over there to the Memphis Grizzlies, and they also got Jaden Springle from the Philadelphia 76ers mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, they sent over the 2024 second round pick, and then they sent Deanto, uh, uh Banton over to the Blazers and also give them cash considerations. And then they sent back a protected second round pick. Uh, what do you think about the uh, trades? Was it a successful trade for the Celtics to get Xavier Tillman and Jaden Springer, in your opinion? A hundred percent, you know, um, so, uh, Xavier is, um, well, Tillman, I wouldn't call him Tillman, but Tillman is a guy that he played very well versus, um, the, what's it, the Lakers. And Mm -hmm. he played very well against Anthony Davis. If people don't remember, he is consistent, you know, he's a very strong, big, but he's got, he's a guy that you can depend on. Not much of an offense player, but that's okay. You know, big body doesn't hurt you. It's what they needed. They lost some size, getting rid of some guys, you know, um, to, you know, just to get better. Now they've replaced that size with a guy that has played some meaningful minutes in the playoff. Very smart pickup by Boston. And as far as um, uh, can you uh say, say the other the other gentleman's name? Yeah, uh, Jaden Sprinkle. So the thing about Jaden, if people remember last year when they when he got a little bit of time, very feisty, you know, guard, you know, um, good defender, you know, offensively he's gonna get better. But you can't wrong if I if I put him in, I I make him almost equivalent to when Davion Mitchell was put on Steph Curry in the playoffs last season, and Davion Mitchell not necessarily an offensive player either, but. When you talk about defensively, he changed the course of that series. They went on to lose, but they went to lose in game seven. And he made mm-hmm. he made F. Curry's life hell. So I yeah. love the pickups, and it, it, they, it can't hurt us. 
Yeah, um, I do like the pickups too as well. Xavier Tillman and Willie Cementon, the Celtics beg in my opinion and everything. Um, because you know, we was thinking like Kelly Olynyk was a name that they mentioned. Andre Drummond mm -hmm. was another name that they mentioned. So getting Xavier Tillman and not really uh, doing anything to affect the team, that was a really solid pickup. Another solid big, like you said, a really good defender who could who's really physical too as well. So like we seen games mm -hmm. like Zion got all that power, but Tillman stayed with them and all that. A guy that can move his feet with the guards and the bigs too as well. The only awesome. downsides is rebounding, which is not an issue for Boston as Boston is the best team in terms of rebounding play based on the stats in the NBA. Uh, Jaden mm -hmm. Springer, you know, I like him just like on the defensive side coming off the bench and all that. Cause sometimes the defensive people off the bench, not really great, but like he, he got an upside potentially, um, Offensively, maybe, but defensively, he is really good. What mm -hmm. I wanted, what I really wanted, though, was like another guy that could come off the bench to score the basketball consistently. That's what I was look. That's what I was looking for, and I thought, you know, the best shot could have got a Lonnie Walker out of Brooklyn. Or maybe an Otto Porter Jr. out of Toronto, for an example. Maybe yeah. a Patty Mills in Atlanta. You know, just need a guy that could come off the bench and score and can be a ball handler too as well. Because when you look at the Celtics team, they're not really good off the bench in terms of bench score. They are like bottom two in the league in bench score. So I thought they could have got another guy that could score off the bench and all that. But they could possibly could get somebody from the buyout market you know, that could come yep. off the bench because they got one more spot available. If Quetta's not going to get it, which I think they're probably going to move away from Quetta, you know, since they got Xavier Tillman, though, and I hate that for Quetta because he's been... I don't think it's Quetta that they're going to move off of. I think it's uh, Cornette because... Cornette. Um, I, yeah, I think it's Cornette, you know, and uh, not, to, not to cut you off, but I, no, no, I do think they got... For insurance on these guys, Al Horford a little bit older, you know, you know needs less mileage. You know, um, Keta can really get in there. He could be a nice little bruiser, and he's a he's a guy that gives you everything he has. I love Keta, um, I and I think he does great things and he rebounds well. When yeah. you talk about Tillman, though, um, I think that just the bruising of it with the way the NBA is right now. I like Cornette, but I think mm -hmm. that he's the one that loses out, and I think mm -hmm. it's situational. And I think yeah. that women offers them versatility that they did not have, uh, yep. you know, prior to this trade. Exactly. Yeah. Um. It, it's going to be difficult, you know. Uh. It, like you said, I want to see Cornette leave, but at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, it could be Quetta because he's not on a fully guaranteed NBA deal. He's just a two-way and all that. So right. we'll just have to wait and see uh, what Brad Stevens is going to do and all that. Now, speaking of the buyout market, we only are allowed players that are coming into the season making you know, less than $12.4 million uh, mm -hmm. on their salary. So looking at these uh, examples, like a Corey Joseph or like a, you know, Gandawi or, you know, a, high, a highest name, uh, James Book Knight from the, uh, he was yep. with the Charlotte Hornets, you know, and he was a hot name, hot commodity. Um, you know, Marcus Morris, you know, you know, if he's not playing, you know, he's probably going to be going to Minnesota from what I heard though. But, mm -hmm. um, 
what name do you uh, from that buyout market would you think could really benefit uh, Boston and also could get that last roster spot? So the issue that I have with the the buyout market, I was actually hoping that Dinwiddie would still be there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's not, you know. So there's one, and I, it, you said it, and it just, like, left my head, the guy that I'm talking about, Jesus. Book, is hey, it Book Knight? No, go back. Name him again. Okay, no. yeah. Uh, Akoi Joseph, uh, Ganadari, uh, Book Knight. Yeah, Gallinari is the one uh, for me. Um, Gallinari is the one for me because he is a guy that can play the three or the four and stretch the floor. That's it. That's all you need. You have a bunch of defenders. You have a bunch of guys that can get after it. You have that already. Now, this is what I think people are missing, and this is what I'm interested in when it comes to the Boston Celtics and um, them in the playoffs, but testing this out in the uh, Eastern Conference uh, regular season. I'm interested in them starting Tillman, putting KP at the four, Tatum at the three, Brown at the two, and I'm interested in them choosing between Drew and, and, and D. White to go to the bench because then I want to see if they'll take Drew or D. White, which I think it should be D. White, off the bench with uh, Gallinari and then Keta and then let um, uh, Peyton Pritchard roam and then O'Shea Brissett, you know, get get after it defensively and cause some havoc. To me, that gives them a killer starting five, and that is something Mm -hmm. that I want to see. So... Um, that I'm, I want them to play with that lineup because I think that you need to give KP some relief and get him out yeah. of that foul. Um, yeah. Consistently, he's been playing five all season. I think you need to give yep. him some relief. You you need to just because of just the injury history. You want him to stay healthy, so hopefully they can 100%. give him a little bit of relief. Though only thing with Gallinari is the whole thing that happened with him get traded in the first place after you know because he got hooked when he came to Boston and we was like oh he's going to be the guy that's going to be coming off the bench and scoring the basketball I couldn't wait and then he got hooked and then unfortunately he got <laughs> he got traded <laughs> so I wonder if there's hurt. like I wonder if there's like some like animosity between Gallinari and the Celtics organization, you know? That's the thing that kind of like, he's like the perfect fit, but like, I wonder if there's some animosity between them two, though, you know? I would love to see Gallinari back because he is the exact person that could come off the bench and he don't even have to play defense. He could just score the basketball. He's been shooting very impressive, too, when he gets uh, playing time, you know, at uh, over 40%. I love Gallinari. I really do. And, you know, I, I want the absolute best, you know, for Gallinari. I want him to go to a team that appreciates him. But I think we're going to appreciate him just fine. Nothing we could do that he got injured. And I think he he understands that. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? But I love Gallinari. And I love his game. I, and, I, and I want nothing but the best for him. But I really think that if he comes back to Boston, you can't tell me that Derek White off the bench you know, Peyton Pritchard roaming, not the point guard, but roaming in more of the two, you know, yeah. and then Gallinari and, you know, and uh, O'Shea Brissett and then Paqueta. 
That is a bruising. That's bitch. a lineup. That's it's a scary a, lineup. It's a bruiser, and that's what I want, you know? So I'm looking forward to seeing what Joe does. This is the time Joe can play with these lineups. This is the time yes. where you can do this is the time where you can see what you have. But I need to see this happen. And I think that it's going to work wonders for the Celtics if they get this um, done. doesn't matter what the rest of the East does because I think that they're going to have enough where they're just going to, you know, they're either going to beat teams between 5 and 10 that are really good uh, other contending teams or they're going to blow you out. Yeah. The other person I'm really interested in to see could be an Otto Porter Jr. If the Jazz is thinking of just, you know, you know, he just gets bought out and he becomes a free agent. If Boston gets a chance to get an Otto Porter Jr. and you was mm -hmm. talking about like, you know, the non-tater minutes is a problem. Otto Porter Jr. can help benefit that work. He can score off the bench and can play defense to a bigger defender too as well. You could put, like you said, you could put him at the three and you have, you know, Peyton Pritchard, you have Derek White, you have Quetta, you have like all these people and, uh, you know, uh, I'm percent. You got all these people. I mean, he would be a nice fit too as well. So Gardner yeah. and Otto could be a nice fit ball for Boston. Like I said, that bench scoring just has to be a lot better than it is stat-wise. So, We'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, Brad Stevens is not done because I know he's really trying to contend for a championship. So the next uh, this year and next year, too, as well. So I can't wait to see what other moves he's going to make, though. Um, but speaking of just the moves and everything, you know, Boston, the first mm -hmm. team, the first team to 40 wins. And yes. uh, they they got it a lot faster. The last time you seen the Celtics team get it faster uh, to 40 wins was the 2008-2009 Boston Celtics after they fresh off a championship. They got there in 49 games and the Celtics got there in 43 games. So mm -hmm. uh, your thoughts on uh, Boston's uh, 40 wins uh, so far in the season? I think that number one is they've earned it. You know, I think they've played relatively great basketball and some of the best basketball I've seen them play, honestly, in a long time. You know, I, I have complete confidence in this in this team, especially even going through the, the East. You know, I just I have these guys doing what needs to be done, you know, and learning from last year, learning from the year before and getting there. Um, it makes sense to me. They are the most cohesive bunch in, in the East. You know, they are the, they are the bunch that they are gelling. They are the bunch that are sacrificing, you know, they're, this is the unit. This, these are the guys, you know, they love playing together. There's a lot of joy out there. They are resurrecting careers as well. Uh, you know, now you're looking at Christoph Porzingis. If you think about it, eight mm -hmm. months ago, people were talking about Christoph being a guy who, did not play up to his potential and he wasn't this, he wasn't that. I haven't heard a beat about nope. Christoph Przingis, mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a while. Christoph, Christoph Przingis is a guy I've enjoyed watching for almost eight years. Yeah. And a guy that people need to understand, you don't always have to be the guy. Sometimes your talent is complimenting somebody else and making mm -hmm. or, or, or the, you know, or the team better. And that's who he mm -hmm. is. And, your game better and you flourish that's what happens this man has played against all the top teams 
Anthony Davis. He's played against, he's played against uh, Joker. He's played against Giannis. He's had 20-plus points in every single one of those games. He's had um, timely shots, block shots. He's had, he's rebounded well. He's done it versus all the guys you got. everyone talks about. Mm-hmm. This team is very fun. I think that they are smarter. When you get mm-hmm. beat up you know, a few times, you'll understand, maybe I should start moving and ducking and dodging, you know, and doing some counter moves so I don't get hit. You know, mm-hmm. I'm only that. Mm-hmm. I think this learned that. So when it comes to them and this 40 wins, I couldn't be more more proud of them. You know, even in their mistakes, they're they're still winning ugly games. They lost mm-hmm. every ugly game last season, every yeah. ugly game season before, and mm-hmm. they had to turn it off late. They just they were losing ridiculous games. Now they're in you know, and, and I'm sorry, but every team you're not gonna blow out people. Every yeah. team is not yeah. gonna blow out. It's just, it's just yeah. not how it works. Mm-hmm. But we are able to take these games. All right, we're down 10 in the third. Let's start playing through KP a little bit more. And now they're up five going into the fourth. Now, you know, midway through the fourth. They've learned how to play, you know, with each other. And also, I want to give a, a lot of love to Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday mm-hmm. is on as of late. He is knocking down those threes. Um, recently, uh, at a, at a nice clip, you know, um, he's shooting them with confidence. He's playing very good defense and he's, he's making, making it gel. I like this fit on, on the Boston Celtics. So, um, shout out to the Boston Celtics. I love it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then you speaking of Drew Holiday, you know, like you say, he's been coming in clutch the past two games against the Wizards in the Miami. He's scoring 20 points against the Wizards and then scoring 15 points against the Heat. I love that Drew Holiday is b- being aggressive and I love the fact, you know, that he's, you know, taking them three point shots and he's uh really taking care of the ball too as well. Like when mm-hmm. he was just like coming in and it was a very close game drew's holidays uh you know next two shots you know kind of extended and helped boston kind of have like a leeway before miami started just making just this ridiculous comeback and all that which we'll get to a little bit mm-hmm. later but i i love the fact that you know drew holidays uh getting aggressive and all that i really love the fact love the fact that Porzingis unbelievable the past like four games that he's just been putting on a show and all that you know mm-hmm. like sometimes he could be the second best player or he could be the best player that you uh, uh on that team like he did against Atlanta when he scored like 31 points like mm-hmm. he he he's just a difference maker and um what you I'll be hearing I've been hearing a lot of hate for Jason Tatum like ever since like you know when coming up to the trade deadline like everybody's been kind of just really hard on Jason Tatum like oh Jason Tatum ain't this Jason Tatum ain't that you got people saying Jason Tatum is not going to get to that next level or oh we'll bring somebody in oh Jason Tatum needs all the help that he can just to win an NBA championship and all that and I'm just looking at him like man this hate for Jason Tatum is really crazy like the man's mm-hmm. having a really good season the man is a top five in mvp vote and he's still the best player on the team this team doesn't go further without jason tatum even though you know Pozigas is having a good year and 
you know, Derek White having a good year, but this team mm-hmm. is Jason Tatum, and it, he'll go as far as he'll take him. So what do you think about the hate on Jason Tatum? And, like, do you see people's, like, understanding of why he's not this? Or is this just, like, they're just – they just don't know what Jason Tatum brings to the table. The thing about Jason Tatum, I can understand some of the critique, you know, when yeah. it comes to him. I think that, and I say this, I, you know, every time the question is asked, I think he's the most frustrating star in the league. And yeah. only because I don't think he, he, idolizes Kobe Bryant, you know, and, and that's and that's his guy. I don't think he understands what made Kobe Bryant so damn special. And it yeah. wasn't that he j- jacked up a bunch of threes. Yeah. That's not what we Kobe special. Kobe was a competitor. Kobe was yeah. a guy got after it and he said, give me the ball. I got yep. it and you believed him because he proved it time and time again. He yep. was a guy you did not strip often. You know, he was a mm-hmm. guy that, you know, you did not fluster him often. He was a guy that could post up. He was a guy that made his free throws. He was guys that could shoot the three, didn't rely on it. You know, mm-hmm. and he got after it defensively all the time. Jason mm-hmm. Tatum, if if he truly wants to embody who Kobe Bryant is or, and, and really learn from him, you'll take, excuse me, you'll take that from Kobe Bryant instead of jacking up threes. That's mm-hmm. not like how you're going to be um a guy that makes the next level that is mm-hmm. not how you're going to make it um when you're winning multiple championships you're mm-hmm. a guy that you have a great chance right now it's the best chance you've ever had in your career mm-hmm. you have got to get in the post yeah. you have an opportunity to play like kevin durant ish okay kevin durant-esque you know um if you just choose to post up and take less threes, three less threes yeah. a game, you choose to go into the post. Not only do you build a rapport with the referees, because now you're getting physical, they're probably going to get yeah. those calls now. Calls are important yep. going into the playoffs. Yep. Yep. You know, now you realize that they're not looking at you like you're bailing, trying to, you know, get bailed out with those threes. And then you're like, somebody hit my wrist. But it's like, you know, it's hard to, to get those calls so far out from the basket. If he just mm-hmm. changes these these parts of his game, Jason Tatum, it, you know, is on another level. The problem is, yep. and, it, and it's only a problem with himself. He hasn't made the choice. For some reason, yeah. he's comfortable with thinking it's okay to jack up 10 threes a game. And it's just not how, it's not how you best utilize your skill set. You know, mm-hmm. it's not how you it's not how you best utilize your skill sets for your team either. This team would be unstoppable if Jason Tatum makes the just the decision. It's a quick decision. I am going to post up. Mm-hmm. And and if he does that, you will see a difference in his game and how people uh you know um basically have their opinions of him. You you will see it change drastically. Yeah, I think it just comes down to it's just the mental aspect of Jason Tatum because he can do everything. It just needs to just click with them that I can't take many shots. I need to get in the post with a smaller guy on me. I need to get into the hole to get in 
to get more free throws. I don't need to get frustrated with the referees if I'm not getting calls and everything. So I feel like he could take it to the next level, but that's only if he wants to. And mm -hmm. it's sometimes, like I said, it could be great or it could be frustrating. Like you said, he is the most frustrating store in the league. So it goes by choice too as well. And speaking of choice, uh, looking at last week's games and all that, the Celtics had a perfect 4-0 record last week right here. Um, you know, we ain't going to really get too much of the games and all that, you know, but, you know, they did destroy a depleted Memphis Grizzlies team. Um, but shout out to Scottie Pippen Jr. He had a good game along with Gigi Jackson, too, as well. Mm -hmm. I, I love the Marcus Smart tribute video that they did mm -hmm. for Marcus Smart. Uh, any thoughts about that? Shout out to Marcus Smart, by the way, and thank you so much for what you did for the Celtic organization, too. Absolutely. Shout out to Marcus Smart. Uh he will always be a Celtic. You know, yeah. they're just guys that you look at and you're like, that's a Celtic. You know, he will always be a Celtic. Doesn't matter where he plays, you are a Celtic for life. Um, he played here for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about 10 years, you know, and mm -hmm. that's a long time with one organization and he was a staple in us having to rebuild. He was mm -hmm. a staple for the one seed or top three seed or whatever. Um, he will always have Celtic blood, you know? Yeah. And there was a toughness and a grit that he brought to this team mm -hmm. that it has helped, you know, to basically establish identity even today. Yeah. You know, so just shout out to Marcus Smart. And I hope that next year the Memphis Grizzlies get healthy, you know, and which they will be. And hopefully mm -hmm. they go on another run. You know, they'll miss the playoffs this year. But hopefully next year they they just go off on a run and he's a part of that and you know he's a part of some success. You hate to see guys like that go to teams that consistently stay you know in the bottom you know um, half of the of the league. That, that's just unfortunate. So I wish all mm -hmm. the best to Mark. Yeah, it's just the nature of the business, unfortunately, you know, but like you said, shout out to yeah. Marcus Smart, and hopefully we'll see uh, him, you know, bounce back next year, and hopefully the Grizzlies be healthy and get on the win next year. Um, And then, you know, facing the Atlanta Hawks, well, it wasn't really uh, much of a game, fortunately, you know. I mean, we shot the three uh, better than Atlanta, and uh, Christoph mm -hmm. Porzingis had 31 points, and Derek White scored 12 of his 21 points in the fourth quarter, too, as well um i forgot to mention there was no jalen brown with the grizzlies um there was no drew holiday uh for atlanta yeah. a good win yeah. for boston um mm -hmm. and then going up against the wizards um i didn't really expect the it, it was a, it was like a flip-flop like we well, do we really well in the first half and then the third quarter we just turned into just like we just can't play defense or we can't just like score or we just take too many threes. It was the exact opposite against the Wizards. Jordan Poole, because he was scoreless the previous game, he went, he was hot, you know, in that first half. And the Wizards scored, yeah. uh, the Wizards had like 72, 71, 72 points in the first half. And, you know, it was like we was down by like six. And then lo and behold, the third quarter, you know, 
the Celtics exploded mm-hmm. out of the third quarter, and then we, uh, you know, grinded out in the fourth quarter, even though the Wizards was exploding too as well, but grinded out in the fourth quarter, and we still came up with the victory right there. And then Not against too, yeah. the Miami Heat, you know, shot really well from the uh, – shot really well shooting the ball, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunate with all the injuries that Miami got with uh, Terry Rozier and Richardson. Prayers to Jimmy Butler too as well. Um uh what did you think about that uh they was laboring it like a dirty play by Jalen Brown on Duncan Robinson well like Duncan thought it was very excessive and it was a dirty play and um Jalen Brown was like he you know he knew what he got himself up to hopefully he doesn't do it again so what do you think about that play though by the way I mean at the end of the day, what what do they do? There's a lot of complaining, you know, um, with the Miami Heat. You know, there's a there's a rivalry there, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know everything is dirty. I, I mean, I saw you know the play where Bam, you know, was just a little too physical with KP, and it was uncalled for. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know it it just and so what? Uh, you know, move, move on. You know, I know. And then also just the ghosts of Caleb Martin came out of nowhere too as well because he was killing us that game too as well. It just seems like just the next man up, the Miami Heat just finds a way to have it close against the Celtics out of nowhere. So, but um, wonderful rivalries. It's one of the best rivalries in basketball. I agree with you, and I, I agree with you. And like I said, hopefully we can see them again in the playoffs so that we can take our revenge out after the, what they did to us in Game 7 last season, though. But, you know, they're currently in the, I believe, in the 7th or 8th seed, though. So we'll just have to uh, wait and see uh, what happens in the playoffs and who's going to be seated in terms of the matchups. But uh, any game that you wanted to talk about, like, you know, briefly or in detail that you found interesting or just shocked you or just – that you see like a little issue? I am actually not necessarily with the Boston Celtics, but I'm watching the competition. I am watching just how the trades uh, with the other teams in the East, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how that shapes up and how that's going to potentially be a matchup for, for Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, um, the uh, not going to go say word, Jesus Christ. Uh, the, Giannis and the Bucks. <laughs> oh yeah, the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, those guys. <laughs> those, those those guys. So I just want to see how that shapes up because they got Patrick Beverly over there, nice defensive mm-hmm. player. See if that mm-hmm. defense is better. Right now, you know they're up about twenty one points on the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. So I want to see just just what happens uh, and how they play uh, moving forward. This ne- next half of basketball. Oh, okay. Hey, good points. I I would like to see. Wait, Cleveland is being uh, unbelievable. They just got a streak one, winning so many basketball games. Then shockingly, they are number two in the East, and the Bucks is number three. Philadelphia mm-hmm. went down the fifth because of the Embiid injury. Unfortunately, the New York Knicks, you know, shouting Sean with the W, wants to challenge the Boston Celtics again. You know, because they got OG finally and all that, but he's hurt right now. But you know, they want to get that healthy team against Boston and just see how they're going to do so you know I, i'm intrigued to see that too as well see how the trades went down as well so yeah 
Uh, but yeah, I so mean, everyone's always so excited to play us. Isn't that funny? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean seriously. And guess what? It's always the same thing every single time. Porzingis difference maker, both offense and defense. No answer. No answer at all. So, but they was like, "Oh, let's try it again." So I, I give them a lot of credit for, you know, trying to give like some effort there. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. not gonna work out though. But um, you know, in terms of this week though, Boston Celtics uh, face the Brooklyn Nets twice. They face them tomorrow and on Wednesday, and it's gonna be the NBA All Star Weekend festivities and all that. Um, so you know, I mean. Obviously, you probably don't even want to go ahead and talk about the Brooklyn Nets and all that, you know, but it's okay, though. Um, <laughs> your, your thoughts on Jalen Brown participating in the dunk contest this weekend? Because, you know, it's an interesting move. But as for me, I'm like, I know that they're trying to get a lot of flavor back in the dunk contest, try to bring, some, uh, you know, big names and all that. But. You know, I was just like, uh, oh, no, Jalen, you could you could just sit this one out. You know, we need you to stay healthy. You know, for <laughs> the rest of the season. So, uh, your thoughts I on Jalen Brown? I kid you not that the dunk contest has gotten very boring, and I think that yeah. that's why. Um, I'm loving the fact that they are bringing Jalen Brown. You know, um somebody with some excitement. He it's also he's never done this before. I, I wish mm-hmm. that a couple other guys would do it, like maybe Anthony Edwards would do it, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know, make it more fun. But the problem is, is it hasn't been like it's been in its recent years. So that's yeah. something that I hope that w- will change, you know, going forward. But Jalen Brown, I think he he can win it. I think and and, and I, I think he will, actually. I'll change. That. I think he will. Mm. Hey, hey, uh, Hamid Jr., I've seen his like uh dunk highlights in high school and he, he got some tricks up his sleeve though so he's kind of like an underrated type of pick though that you could pick up in the dunk contest but i think Jalen Brown will probably win it too as well it almost reminds me when he participated in the big three all-star game like he's just mm-hmm. trying to get be the first one to do it and then like when he does it it's like everybody gotta follow suit though so we'll see what happens with the impact with Jalen brown in the dunk contest though um we'll see. but yeah We'll see about it, but congratulations to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown being selected to the All Star Game too, as well. Absolutely. Uh, any other, any other festivities that you're looking forward to during All Star Weekend? As always, the three point contest. Who are the three point uh, contest um, contestants? Oh. Uh, uh... I know Jalen Brunson's won. Um, let me see. Hold on. Let me uh, pull this up, uh, and then I'll. That, that's something that that we all got to be into. We know the Steph Curry versus Sabrina is going to happen too, as well, which I can't wait for. Um, let's see here. Uh, three point contest. Who's in it? Okay, so here's your contestants. You have Malik Beasley from the Bucks, Jalen Brunson for the Knicks. Tyrese Halliburton for the Pacers, Damian Lillard uh, from the Bucks, Lloyd Markkinen from the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell from the Cavaliers, Carl Anthony Towns from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks. That's that's gonna be good. That's I'm gonna going, be good. Thanks. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. I think. 
I'm going to go ahead and I, I think Dame is going to win it. I, I'm not saying because of the name. I think Dame is going to win it. I feel like, like you know, everybody's probably going to assume Trey Young is going to be the guy that's going to win it. But I don't think Trey Young is going to win it. I think it's going to be Dame. I think Dame got the best chance. And, you know, with the experience of him being in the three-point contest, along with, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, too, as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's Dame's to lose. You know... You might be right. I, I like Dame's chances. And you know what? I, I got to say this, too. He shouldn't be starting an all-star game. So this Thank is probably, you. Thank you. He, this is probably the only thing, you know, that he, he should be starting to. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I was like, so Jalen Brunson is not started? And I'm a Celtics fan. And I was like, yeah, he is not starting, and Dame started. Oh my God, Dame needs to give up his position and be as a reserve and give it to Brunson because that was ridiculous. Let me tell you something. I got a lot of love for the New York Knicks. I know people, it sounds crazy, but you got three players, four players over there that I absolutely love. You know, yeah. and it starts with Julius Randle, then Brunson. I love Josh Hart. I will I will oh, yeah. root for Josh Hart wherever that man goes. I just oh, love God. him. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Devin and, and Those yep. are the four mm-hmm. players I absolutely love to watch. And you have mm-hmm. all four of them. So I have no hate in my heart for the New York Knicks. Jalen Brunson, people, is a starter in yes. that all star game. We need yes. to Damian Damian Lillard has had so many bad games this season. It is atrocious. It is offensive that he will be the starter. He has not had a good season. He has not mm-hmm. been hot on three. He has not come to to really play, you know? Yep. And he's not he has not made a, an impact. They could have had a different point guard. I really truly believe they could have had Spencer Dinwiddie and had still been number two in that impact yet. You know, so I just really feel that they are vote you you know, when you're voting for names, picking names, it's very offensive to the guys that have taken their teams to new heights, like Jalen Brunson. He has put this team on his shoulders and they are playing mm-hmm. phenomenal basketball and he should have been mm-hmm. rewarded for that. So very offensive. And I hope that, you know, the next time he plays, you know, uh you the know. Bucks, I hope he gives him fifty. Yeah, I, I thought Brunson was going to get the nod, and when he didn't get the nod, I was like, that really sucks because he's having an incredible season, and then the one thing that he has over Dame, he is in consideration of MVP. He could be in the top mm-hmm. five, top ten in terms of MVP consideration, and then for him not to be starting is kind of ridiculous. Now, I felt now I felt like they could have had, like, one more Boston Celtic as an all-star, mm-hmm. whether it was going to be Porzingis or Derek White, though. I was leaning, I was looking forward to see Derek White as an all-star, and I was going super hard for Derek White to become an all-star. And then when, you know, Embiid and Wendell went down, I was like, okay, so it's probably going to get, a, you know, it's probably going to be like a big, they're going to take a big in the guard. And I was thinking it was going to be like Derek White, and then Porzingis could have easily, but I think Porzingis probably missed too many games for him to be considered into 
being an all-star, but he's having an all-star season. So your thoughts, you know, of Wyden Porzingis not making that all-star team. I thought it should have been one more Boston Celtic. So I think that Porzingis should have been an all-star. I think he's had a phenomenal yeah. I think he's at like 20 and 7 or 20 and 8, uh, mm-hmm. you know, blocking shots consistently. A uh, high, you know, f- a field goal percentage, you know, and mm-hmm. a highly impactful player. And mm-hmm. what and what is so glaring to me is him going from the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> with Luca, mm-hmm. and people love Luca. L- Luca, mm-hmm. Luca, you know, Luca's mm-hmm. better than Tatum, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, all the Jazz, but. For some reason, he couldn't make Porzingis click, you know, with him. You know, he it, it just wasn't working, you know. And it seems that when guys go to play with him, it just doesn't click, mm-hmm. you know. Part of being a great player is you make others better. Yeah. And it was so bad, you have people questioning Porzingis's talent. Yeah. His- mm-hmm. Then he goes and he plays for Washington, has a great season with people like, oh, but it's Washington. And I'm like, no, but did you watch what he was doing? Did you did you watch how he had like a new lease, you know, on life and in his in his career and his in his play? And he was healthy. And he was and, healthy. And he was healthy. Then he goes to he comes to Boston and every mark he gained, this man is scoring over twenty points. Yep. So mm-hmm. You haven't heard a lot of jibber-jabber about Christoph Porzingis because he's playing so damn well. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, the props are not as loud as the disrespect, you know. Mm. And it should be, you know, noted that he's playing with Jason Tatum and he looks great. He's playing yeah. with Jalen around, he looks great, you know. Yep. Um, and that's even with a slightly lackluster bench, you know. I you think know, the bench can be a little bit better. But mm-hmm. they're doing this, but Christoph Porzingis is a big part of why they always have a, a mismatch for, for the other team. Mm-hmm. them have that mismatch. It is literally Christoph Porzingis. And mm-hmm. I think his impact on the game, as well as the big games he's had, this man should have been an all-star. He should have been. He should have been. Like, I would have been fine with him. I would have been fine with Daryl White being an all-star. I would have been fine with both of them being an all-star, though. But, you know, it is what it is, though, you know. I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's some teams that got more all-star, they got more all-star players than Boston. And I'm just like, there's no way he's going to be an all-star. Really? But it is what it is, though. But uh, before we get out of here on episode 14 of the Celtics we want we want to uh go ahead and um say happy birthday to the greatest Boston Celtic of them all the late great Bill Russell could have uh he would have turned uh 90 years old today I mean now what could we say I mean the greatest winner of all time 11 championships I mean you can't really like you can't you, you that's a, basically a summary right there of Bill Russell like he was a winner and the funny story that I heard was Michael Jordan and Bill Russell playing golf and mm-hmm. Michael was like yeah uh Bill yeah I'm about to like you know break your record in terms of championships and Bill Russell mm-hmm. looked at him and said 
yeah, which one? <laughs> and he said, how are you, you going to break 11 or are you going to break the eight straight championships I won, Michael? And Michael was like, well, you, you had it easy against these easy teams. You only had like 12 teams in the league and all that. And then Bill just looked at him and was like, hey, you got great, you know, you got great role players like uh, John Paxson and all of them, you know, that, you know, he had, he was wide open. You know, uh, in that uh, championship series, you know what John Paxson would have been doing in the 60s with us? And Mike's like, what? And Bill Russell said, he's going to be in the stands watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. When when I heard that story, I said, man, Michael Jordan just cannot win. He cannot win. So, um, but uh, that's you know, one uh, of the thoughts. No, that's one of those things where you don't want to win versus Bill Russell. You just let that go, man. You just, it, you know, sometimes <laughs> you just have to appreciate history and and somebody's career that was game changing, you know, and um, someone that on a political level, you know, and a civil mm-hmm. rights level just did more, I think, even to what their career amounted to in championships. He was a champion just in progressing us and moving us forward. So mm-hmm. Bill Russell, White Book has technically 20 championships, you know, because yeah. he's done so much, you know, for us. And he's, he just paved the way, you know, and, and especially on a team like, you know, Boston, because we get a lot of flack, always a lot of flack, a lot of flack, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, always Boston is, you know, racist and whatever, you know, and in which you can't name a city that doesn't have a history of racism. Yeah. You know, it's just not one, but, you know, it's, we're not a problem. Racism is, you know, so, um, shout out to, to Bill Russell. Happy birthday. And thank you for being so strong. And even when, I think it's hard to imagine pulling strength, you know, for in those times. Thank you for having it and to get us to where we are today. Amen. You said it uh, better than I could, you know, and we're going to head and uh, put the cap on. This is um, episode 14 of the Celtics. We want talking all things Boston Celtics. We are back from our break. Um, JP, the franchise, she's not the GM. And we yep. see you in the next episode. Peace, y'all. Later.